Hello, friends. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by From Within Records, March 26th at the First Unitarian Church in Philly, From Within Records Showcase, Eco Strike, the final show, Payback, It Is What It Is, Record Release, Magnitude, Shackled, Simulacro, Worn, Seed of Pain, Burning Strong, Almighty Watching, Beskar, and Off the Tracks. If you haven't yet, please go pick up a ticket before it's too late. And thank you for all the positive feedback from the best guard design that I posted when episode 300 went up. I am excited to bring that design to all of you at the fest. So please make sure to go find the best car table and grab one before it's too late. Also, March 19th from within records presents reloaded and ready for more seat of pain. Limited to 300 records as a one-time pressing, plus t-shirts and posters will be available as well. So head over to the From Within Records Big Cartel on March 19th and go pre-order yourself a record before it's too late. And if you're not following From Within Records on social media, please boot up your Twitter, your Instagram, click that follow button and stay up to date on all the current news. I just want to give a shout out to Shackled. They just had their record release show for Doubt Surrounds All, and I couldn't be any more proud of those guys. That record is awesome. They've supported me for a really long time, and I support them in everything that they do. So shout out New Jersey Hardcore. Go listen to Doubt Surrounds All. Amazing record. And like I always say, please support From Within Records because they support us. And like I mentioned earlier, doing a collab shirt with Beskar for the From Within Records showcase, and they're being printed by my good friends over at Good Fortune Printing. If you haven't yet, please go boot up your Instagram, go follow at Good Fortune Printing. You can email them, contact at goodfortuneprinting.com for the finest quality of merch. They do a lot of awesome stuff. I'm stoked to be able to work with them uh, on this collab with Beskar. They did all the stuff I had at FYA, high quality stuff. They're doing great stuff out there in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. So please support them. On today's episode, we had to track down Nick. Nick Smith plays in a band called Live It Down out of Cleveland, Ohio. They just put out their record back in, God, I'm drawing a, a blank on the date, but they just put out their record, The Last Judgment. You can go stream it on Bandcamp. Apple Music, Tidal, Spotify, and it was uh, super awesome for me to be able to sit down and talk to Nick. He has very awesome history. Uh, for anyone who's not familiar, uh, he's done a lot of great stuff before Live It Down, but I was very happy to have been able to pick his brain about that stuff because uh, back in the early 2000s, uh, some of the stuff that he put out worked on uh, had a really big impact on my early days of hardcore, so I was very stoked to have been able to pick his brain about that. But if you haven't had a chance to listen to The Last Judgment by Live It Down, click pause, go boot up your Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal, Bandcamp, listen to that record, come back here and uh, thank me later. It, it was awesome to be able to sit down and, and talk to Nick. He, he has great perspective. He's been around a really long time. He's uh, done the label, done the band stuff. So he knows uh, pretty much how everything goes, uh, you know, uh, for all of you to consume and stuff behind the scenes. So I was very uh, pleased to have been able to sit down and speak with him. He's an awesome dude and doing awesome music right now out there in Cleveland. Put on for your city. Don't be ashamed. Like 
Tom Hanks, who doesn't rep where he's from, uh, be proud of where you're from, uh, put on for your scene, uh, and then put on for everybody else. So strap in, enjoy this conversation. Without further ado, welcome Nick Smith to the show. back welcome to the podcast nick how's it going good good thank you for having me no, uh, thank you for being down because uh, i remember when uh your band dropped uh, your record and uh, i wish i introduced your band uh live it down I-, I saw so many people posting it like the the day that it came out and i was just like okay i don't want to uh, get influenced by uh, you know all my friends posting it so i was like all right, i'm just gonna wait just let the dust settle and then i'm gonna check it out on my own time and I'm happy that I didn't because it was just like, okay, cool. Like, uh, this is awesome. And uh, immediately I'm like, how the hell do I get in contact with anybody from the band? So I reached out to my good friend, Bob Wilson, and he, uh, you know, suggested I reach out to you. So uh, I'm happy that you were down to do the podcast. So thank you for being here today. Cool, man. Thank you. Uh, thanks for reaching out. And uh, yeah, it's always good to kind of let the hype settle a little bit before you check something out to see if it's legitimate so to hear that's pretty cool i appreciate it but uh yeah man that's cool to be here i've i've checked out a few of uh the podcasts previously uh, i think that one with frank three gun obviously cleveland connection mm-hmm. uh, it's pretty good especially the disney talk uh oh thank you into it. oh we'll get there trust me <laughs> but for uh, people uh, who are listening who may not be familiar with who you are can you just give like a, a quick uh you know summary of who you are and then we'll also we'll break down all the uh, you know origin stories and all that cool yeah um i'm nick smith i play bass and uh live it down currently out of uh cleveland ohio um played in a bunch of other bands prior know the score uh, the Mongoloids and a few others uh, probably aren't worth mentioning. Um, ran a record label for a few years, Double or Nothing. Um, yeah, that's about it as far as uh, hardcore goes. Okay. And uh, I, I was like, you know, perusing your Instagram, which is fun because you have pictures from like, uh, like the early 2010s, which is uh, cool because uh, you know that that's like you know really like a, a, like it's like a long time ago. Think about it. Like I think the uh, earliest I saw was like a photo from like 2012, which at this point is like, like a decade ago, which is insane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it's weird to think about that, huh? It's strange. Mm-hmm. And. And I'm curious, uh, uh, obviously you mentioned, uh, know the score, uh, did you grow up in Florida or uh, did you just uh, make your way there through life? Um, so I, I moved down there around high school. Um, and, uh, shoot, that was like 98, 99, maybe. Um, yeah, around there. And, uh, start going to shows down there um 
I was going to shows in Cleveland prior, but it was kind of a hotbed at that time in Florida. It was like morning again was kind of winding down. And, um, the more like Poison the Well style bands were picking up. Shy Haloon was huge and stuff like that. So it was kind of really, really different than what was going on in Cleveland. But uh, it was cool, though. I mean, for what it was, it was a cool experience. Um, so, yeah, I went to high school down there, went to college down there and stayed down there for a few years before moving around. And so you're originally from Cleveland and then you just uh, had a short stint in Florida? Yeah, um, I was a army brat growing up, so kind of was all over the place. But most of my family's from Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Um, ironically enough, my cousin, uh, Mike Berger, he plays guitar and live it down. So that's kind of how we connected uh, on doing this new band. So um, it's kind of just strange. But uh, yeah, I, I have family from here and wanted to settle down and have kids and stuff. So I ended up moving back to Cleveland. Um, plus the cost of living compared to South Florida is leaps and bounds uh, more affordable here. You can live in a mansion and versus living in a, you know, a one, one down there. So. Yeah, no, I definitely get that. Excuse me. Uh, like when I was younger, I, I, I swore up and down. I'm like, I, I'm never leaving California. This is like the best place on earth. But then I, you know, grow up, get some responsibilities, uh, do a bit of traveling and realize like, oh, I could be happy like somewhere else. Like it doesn't have to be California. Maybe that was just like a weird like mindset that I had when I was younger. Just like, I, like these days I, I like frequent to, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't know what's up my throat, but I'm, I, I like frequent to uh, Pennsylvania. I, I go to like uh, Wilkes-Barre, got a good connection down there. And, and it's like, okay, like I, I was, I realized like, okay, I'm here on vacation. It's all about having fun. But like when I kind of like, just like stop and look around and kind of think about things like, man, I think I I could really enjoy living here. And and then you mentioned like cost of living like there, I could be like rich compared to living here in California where everything's so expensive. It's insane. Yeah. It's I've, I've kind of, I've lived so many places. Just, I, I spent time in the army myself and then uh, I, I moved around a little bit uh, when I got finished with college. And, uh, you know, it's cool. I think it's I think it's so crucial for people to live other places and see how other people are. And, you know, I've lived in Philly. I've, I've lived in El Paso, Texas. I've lived in, uh, you know, Florida, I've lived in a bunch of different army bases and, and things like that. And it's like. Uh, you know, I could say Cleveland, Ohio is the best place to live. And that would be a lie, but, uh, you know, I would love to live in Florida, but I don't make a million dollars and, you know, the, the cost of living there it for what, for the sunshine that we're here, it's like, you can live well, you know, you can, you can have nicer things. You have a, an amazing national park right in your backyard you know, I, my fiance and I take our dogs hiking there and stuff. And it, it, it's, there's pros and cons anywhere you go. But uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's interesting when you, when you, you know, you, you kind of break away from that. Well, this is my home. This is where I'll always be. And you go check out other places. And even if it's temporary, it's such a good experience. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, and uh, just a couple things, a couple more things about Florida. Uh, you mentioned know the score. Uh, I, I know there was a record a couple years ago. Uh, is there any plans to do anything else with that band, or are you guys just gonna kind of just uh, let it be? Um, that that record was recorded almost six years before it actually came to fruition. Um, the guys in the band, they live all over the U S. Um, some of the guys still live in Florida, but like the opposite parts of Florida, uh, Jeffy's a really accomplished tattoo artist out in Baltimore. Uh, Pete lives up in Philly. So it, it was really difficult for us to do anything. And then with COVID kind of kicking in gear, we, uh, just put it out and as far as doing anything with that who knows who who cares really i mean it was it was more kind of us just wanting to put something else out just uh kind of we weren't really happy with the last thing we did uh which was like i don't know a decade before at that point um so we wanted to put something else out and just uh make sure that uh you know, we put out good music because because we enjoy what we do, and that's kind of who we've always done it for was us. Want to sound pompous, but uh, yeah. So who who knows? I mean, we we get asked to do stuff, but it's just so difficult because everyone lives all over the place, and you know, I wouldn't expect anybody to throw us any plane tickets or anything exotic. You know, because mm-hmm. what are we gonna do? Draw three kids who paid attention to us a decade ago like it's nonsense so we might play florida maybe in the future that's about it i i don't know to be honest okay well i really did enjoy the band when you guys were like active like back then in like the like uh the late like 2000s because i I definitely caught you guys a couple times throughout uh, california saw you in vegas i think once or twice oh cool cool Thank you. Okay, and then um, and you kind of glossed over uh, Double or Nothing, which uh, if you go back and look at the history of some of those bands, I, f- I felt like there is some pretty prominent releases, uh, and you know some bands like went on to do like you know some pretty big things, like pretty popular bands. Yeah, it it was uh, man, like I could write a book on everything not to do with a label. Okay. Um, so if anybody has any questions on what not to do with a label, I'll give you full disclosure on what not to do. Um, but yeah, it was fun. I mean, we put out a lot of diverse records. I mean, not many people can say they put out a set your goals record and a one life crew record mm-hmm. for what it's worth. Um, yeah, it, it was, it was cool. We worked with a lot of, great bands uh made a lot of lifelong friends uh the steel nation guys you know i talked to ethan maybe every other week still um so this cool it, it was a fun thing you know i had some money to blow from the army kind of threw it into that and really didn't know what i was doing and got bad advice from people and kind of you know, it's hard to do a label when you're also touring at the same time. And then, you know, my partner who was, who was doing it with me, he, 
there was complications with that. And just got to a point where it kind of ran its course. Um, and there's so many other cool labels doing doing it right. So uh, it made sense for them to, uh, you know, for a lot of bands to go with those labels. So, but it was cool. I mean, we we did a lot of cool stuff. I mean, it, a lot of the stuff you see nowadays with with a lot of these um, pre-orders and, and the way the merchandising is now, like we were doing that stuff way before everyone else, not the to my own horn, but I kind of will, um, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're doing full blown hockey jerseys and this, that, and other thing, like it was blue grape, you know, 1996 and, uh, you know, full sweatsuits and, and, you know, ridiculously stupid stuff by today's standards, I think is ridiculous, but people like it. So now I'm trying to remember, did you guys do that uh, steel nation hockey Jersey back in the day? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember I got, I got one of those for my buddy. Cause like, we were like uh, huge steel nation fans and I, I still am to this day, but I remember when that came out, he was like really into hockey at the time. I'm like, Oh, cool. that, that's like an easy uh, gift idea. So I remember uh, I'd got one of those for him and he was like super jazzed when he finally got it. This is cool. Like it, it made it, it was, you know, it wasn't just like a hockey jersey per se, because it's like it, those dudes played hockey. They're from Pittsburgh. So they're a huge hockey town. Well, some of them are from Pittsburgh. You know, they're they're huge uh, Pens fans, Penguins, um, you know, so so it was a lot intertwined to it. It wasn't just like, yeah, let's throw their logo on a hockey jersey. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so I mean, it is pretty cool at the time. You know, not a lot of people were doing stuff like that. Um, and did terrible towels for them and stuff. And I got one of those like little hand towels in 2009. Yeah. I got one for free when I saw them in LA. Shout out Seal Nation. They, they uh, funny story. Uh, it was one of the This Is Hardcore's. Um, Vinny Stigma, AF. He walked by the double or nothing table and he saw the, the Steel Nation terrible towel. And he's apparently a huge Steelers fan. And he's like, I have to have this. How much is it? Blah, blah, blah. So we gave him a, a terrible towel. Now, whether or not he knows that was Steel Nation, I don't know. But still, mm-hmm. kind of a cool story. You know, this mm-hmm. OG legend just uh, grabbing a towel and probably hanging with his collection of Steelers stuff. So, no, that that's awesome, and I to the, I always uh, you know give them their praises because I I feel like uh, they're like one of the best bands from Pennsylvania, and I, I felt like if they were like full time, they could be like bigger if they wanted to because I feel like every record that they put out, even going back to Soul Swallower, is just I, I think it's just pure awesomeness. Yeah, they uh, they're they're all you know you hear a lot of bands everyone. It, people say oh every every member is like a true musician but those mm-hmm. those guys each one of them they're each one of them like bass drums guitar the even even the dual vocals like they 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 bring a lot to the table and and it's cool they do they do a lot on their own terms too you know they're cutting records you know they just dropped a new record you know was the last year mm-hmm. it was great um you know they they i i think they have some some stuff coming up um i don't know if i'm going to say but um yeah they 
they kind of work at their own pace and, and they, you know, they have families and, and kids and stuff. So it's very difficult for them now. But, uh, you know, there was a time when the, the, that sound they were doing, there wasn't a lot of people playing that sound and, and it wasn't really, uh, well received, especially when they didn't have a, a front man. Mm. It, it, kind of went didn't go over all too well at first which is weird because you think about like biohazard and sepulter and stuff like that and no one blinked an eye about that stuff but uh with them they, they kind of got grief about it and then it was like all of a sudden you had all these other bands pop up and then you had like nails and nobody nobody even cared anymore mm-hmm. like it was just a strange thing uh but uh yeah there's Man, such a great band. Such a great band. Okay, uh, two last things on, on the label. Uh, what was it like uh, working with uh, Set Your Goals? Because for people who were around that time, that band just blew up and was like doing everything, especially uh, you know when Mutiny came out. I felt like everybody in the scene was listening to that and supporting them. Those, those dudes, um, those are core dudes, you know? Like... Mm-hmm. I know they, they still do hardcore bands and they did hardcore bands before that band. I know, um, the dude's doing, uh, something with Keith, I think from restraining order, but, uh, mm-hmm. like just, it was fun. Like it was fun. Like, you know, uh, we did like these double or nothing weekends in Florida and they had an off date and they came and played, you know, with, with hardcore bands just like showed up and played like played a couple songs and stuff and uh there is no incentive for them to do that but uh that's just you know how they were and you know i think there's a lot of other bands in that genre who are kind of like piggyback off that stuff but i think it's always been different with them because i don't feel like they've ever like they 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 were still down with all those bands and, and still into that into hardcore and stuff while still doing that more like uh glossed over pop punk thing so it, it was fun you know they had cool imagery so we got to do a lot of crazy stuff you know we did a a pirate chest that held all the records in it i think we made like 12 of those and it had had like every berry in a color and a test press. Um, so we had those literally built in, uh, I think, I think they had them built in Miami. Mm-hmm. Um, so those were part of the, uh, pre-orders and stuff and just, just cool guys, you know, like, uh, I know when, when Mongoloids would play or something and they were in town, they would show up to those shows or, you know, stuff like that. Like just, just, just hardcore dudes, you know, for sure. Yeah. Uh, it was an awesome time. And I, uh, used to work with one of the guitar players out here. I, he, he's doing like, like a, like a merch company. Um, yeah. and they're doing good and doing awesome stuff. Um, but uh, uh, last thing on, on the label, you, you put out a band called uh, Fight Like Hell out of uh, Denver, Colorado. 
uh, some of the nicest guys ever, uh, you know, for, uh, me and my friends being young kids from the Palm Springs area, they came through with their older band in the, like in the crosshairs. And then they came back as uh fight like hell. And they were just super nice. And, uh, uh kind of opened my eyes to just like a different side of hardcore, just uh, meeting people from a different state and actually becoming friends. And I remember when, they announced that they were, uh, you know, uh, going to hang it up. They're playing their final show in Denver, Colorado, uh, on their uh, last run before the final show. When they came to California, they they were, uh, came up to me and my friends. Were like, hey, like you guys always support us. You guys should come to our last show in Denver. Like we'll put you up. Don't worry about getting into the show. Like we got you. Just make it to Denver and we'll take care of the rest. And uh, just for me being like a young, like uh, 17, 18 year old kid back then, to have these guys who were, you know, touring the country constantly just playing awesome music to be invited by them to like, you know, their final show, like, you know, in their hometown, it just meant so much to me. So, uh, you know, whenever I run into some of those guys, like, you know, around the country, it's, it's always just still respect because I just love the music that they put out and just, uh, you know, just what they stood for just as like people they're, they're all just awesome through and through. Yeah, I, I agree. There are some great individuals in that band. Um, and great, great band that's like them and uh steel nation i i wonder if like they came out in the way today's climate is where people are more open-minded listen to genres aren't as defined as they were back then Mm -hmm. you hear bands now and their citing influences are crutch and biohazard and they're rapping and stuff like that and not to say that fight like hell really raps all that much but you know they they definitely have that groove to them like all like kind of like a downset and stuff like that and i wonder if they came out now they would be bananas huge you know like just game busters um and it's weird but uh yeah fight like hell i i we did a tour with them great time great people um memphis worked with the label a lot helping us out a lot tremendous help um yeah like that band that band's special for sure mm-hmm. um, even you know some of joey's lyrics like really up to this day still resonate with me um yeah really great band yeah, and I just want to say, um, rest in peace to Joaquin, the, the original bass player, j- just passed away recently. So, just, uh, that? yeah, that, that bummed yeah. me out because uh, when me and my buddies went to Denver, we actually stayed at his house. So he, oh, that's he yeah, he he put us up. It, it was like me and my <laughs> uh, two friends from California, and like uh, like all the like the, the guys from like the Bay, like Lose None was up there, uh, and they all just treated us with like so much respect and like um, like. You know, obviously, like we knew the Fight Like Hell guys, but we weren't that close with like Lose Done or any of those guys from up north. But they were all just so kind and just super welcoming. So that was just something that, like, you know, here I am, I'm in my, uh, you know, early 30s, and I still remember that, like, that week that we spent, you know, because we road trip from California all the way to to Denver and back, and it's just something that I'll I'll, I'll never forget. It's just something that I'm very thankful for. Yeah, I, I will say, yeah, Fight Like Hell was always very inclusive with everybody. They, I mean. They would play with any bands that were good. You know, they'd play with Colin of Arabia. They would play with, you know, Blood Stand Still. They loosen them, like you said. They, they would play with On a Warpath. They would play with, you know, my band, Know the Score. They, and then they would cover Floor Punch. You know what I mean? Like, it's, mm-hmm. they, they did their own thing. And uh, they weren't 
pretentious about anything. They weren't, you know, they were, they were just there for, for the sake of the core, I guess. And, uh, mm-hmm. and like you said, through your experiences, it kind of, kind of re- resonates, you know, to, to this day, you're thinking about how welcoming and, and things like that are. And a lot of people don't have those experiences with, uh, certain bands and stuff. So that's cool to hear. Yeah, and it's funny that you mentioned Floor Punch because they're the reason that I got into Floor Punch. Because I remember I I saw them live and they would cover Let It Ride. And I remember yeah. I, I was talking to Joey. I'm like, hey, like you know, like what's up with that song? It sounds like a little different than the other stuff. Like, uh, when's it coming out? And he's like, oh, dude, that's a cover from this band called Floor Punch. And I'm like, oh, all right, cool. That, that's all you need to say. I'm gonna go check them out. So they're the reason that I listen to Floor Punch. That's a that's a, that's that's a great reason. That's a great reason. Um, I mean, I, I checked out agnostic front because of, uh, fear factory. So Mm -hmm. why not? Uh, yeah, that's, uh, it's funny because I, they, they played that song and I, and I heard some people scoff at it and I just thought it was funny. Like, well, what are they supposed to, you know what I mean? They're a hardcore band, so they're covering a hardcore song. Mm -hmm. Would you prefer that they you know, cover something else. Should they hit it right on the nose and cover biohazard? You know, like I thought it was cool. Like, you know, and it's a good song. So yeah, hundred uh, percent. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like covers can be tricky because uh, there's always going to be somebody to, who's going to have something negative to say, Oh, like why didn't they cover this? Or they should have done another song from that band or something, you know? So it's just like, yeah, unfortunately. okay. And, and so, uh, you know, uh, post double or nothing have you ever wanted to do another label or was it just like all right cool i did it like let's just move on no no i'm i'm too i'm too uh i'm not diplomatic enough to do that stuff man i i when i was younger i was full so much piss and vinegar i'm much Mm -hmm. more laid back now but i i'm not that diplomatic and there's there's so many good labels out right now you know, there's, uh, what do I need? What can I do for somebody that they can't do themselves? I mean, there's no point. Uh, in all I could do is throw some money to press vinyl. and That's going to take two years and then they'll just crucify me because it took two years, 10 years ago to print whatever records. So, nah, it's, there's, there's so many good labels out right now doing good things that, you know, I, I don't need, I don't need that stress in my life. Yeah. And I, I think it's uh, interesting that you, uh, you know, say, uh, you know, or you, you mentioned diplomatic because yeah, things behind the scenes are, are get very interesting, which I'm, I'm not sure. I'm sure like a lot of people aren't like privy to, but it's like, yeah, when you get like, like deeper into this and you figure out how certain things work or who's associated with who it, it gets, uh, you know, a little interesting. Yeah. It, that's yeah. I mean, you 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 said it pretty well there. That's it's for me. Hardcore is much more enjoyable when it's not when you don't have money invested in it, and this invested in it, and, and all this time invested in it, and playing in bands and touring and and booking shows and uh, you know booking shows at home for other bands and it gets to be to a point where you start having resentment towards certain people and, you know, then you kind of get to see a face of things that, 
you know, well, they say this, this, and this, but then behind closed doors, it's, it's kind of bullshit. But, uh, I, I, I think it's, it's much more enjoyable to have that kind of distance in space. Uh, and especially since, like I said, there's so many, so many good labels out right now and, and bands in general kind of just able to do things more on their own just makes more sense. And, and I can kind of, I don't need to know these people in these bands or, you know, associate with them all that often. And, and it, it keeps things much lighter. You know, it's, it's always nice to not owe anybody money or have them owe you money mm-hmm. and then try to enjoy a show or something like that or whatever. Yeah, I literally just booked my first show. This is like my fourth attempt in my whole like time being in hardcore. Uh, my fourth time trying to book a show, and uh, as far as I know, everything's uh, good. Venues locked in. The flyers being made right now. So for anybody listening, you should expect that to drop uh, whenever it's finished. But just trying to fill the bill with, uh, you know, like with like a band or two, because like you know, I had like pretty much like the whole thing figured out. Like everybody got back to me in, in a pretty timely manner. But just trying to get just another band on it was just like where are all the good bands who's like who's available and i get it it's on a uh it's, it's on a weeknight and it was just stressing me out where it got to the point where i'm like screw this i don't like we're just gonna do the, the the four bands we don't need a fifth band it'll just run hopefully run smooth and we can get in get out and everybody can go go home early but it's like i did this one local thing i'm like wow like i don't want to do this ever again because it was just like so much uh, crap that i didn't want to have to go through waiting to hear back from people i'm just like dude like this is it's it's too many personalities i i i work in a uh a very structured corporate uh environment and everything is based on slas and, and and when you don't meet a certain thing either you you as the company lose money or the client loses money and and you know these these things become very quantitative so when i go into the hardcore world um it's nice to turn that off and not worry about any of that but at the same time it's like you know i don't want to deal with some 22 year old kid who's you know telling me 10 minutes before they play hey can i borrow your bass amp because this that and the other thing and it's like this and this guy's sick so this band's gonna play or that's too much ah ah too much too much too much yeah i applaud you because somebody needs to book those shows and uh you know, there, there's people who do it and they do it well and, and they got it down to a science and and it's not easy. And people think it's so simple. And it's like you manage all these personalities you're managing. I mean, if you're playing music and you're traveling, there's a good chance you're a psychopath. Mm-hmm. Um, just you, what you're doing is not rational by any means. It's it's purely passion, you know, um, so you got a few loose screws there in those type of personalities and then you're going to combine them all. And on top of it, you're going to try to promote it and you're going to try to secure something with the venue and say, Oh, by the way, I'm going to put some money down that they won't destroy the place. It's, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. Um, 
yeah. you know it's, <laughs> yeah it's this is easy. yeah like this is just like yeah I, i'm happy that it's uh everything is set in place so if, if it falls apart at this point uh i i just know that i tried my best uh because everybody was in agreement, right? Uh, so th- this is like an anomaly that it's all worked out. I'm, I'm surprised because I've tried so many times to do stuff like uh, th- things behind the scenes that, that just uh, obviously didn't work out. So that people will never hear about it. But it was just so many times I'm like, damn, like how, how does anything work out when it's just like uh, when I'm trying so hard and everything has failed up until now? So it's yeah, it's frustrating. And and so, yeah, so me uh, just doing this podcast, this is my way to give back to the community. I'm happy with that. I'm uh, you know, I, I've tried to, you know, uh, help some bands out, help bands get signed, try to get some records out. And it's just like, why am I even doing this? Like, like I, I obviously like I'm doing because I, I, I'm going to help my friends. But then it's just like, geez, this is so weird because when you start to have these like these business conversations with these people who are supposed to uh, well, who you're friends with, but then that's when things get weird, right? Cause it's like, you know, business and friendship, you're like, Oh, this is, you're not really supposed to mix that kind of stuff. Cause things can get, you know, weird really fast. Cause then, you know, yeah, you mentioned you had to talk about money and, and you know, people's reputation on the lines and it's just, yeah. It, 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 yeah. yeah. This is a lot of stuff that I'm just it's happy gross. that I don't have to deal with like constantly. Yeah. It's, and I think, it, I think, uh, I think it's cool. Like, you know, that, there are a handful of hardcore podcasts or podcasts in the, in this realm, um, you know, because I, I, I can't make it to every show mm-hmm. and, um, you know, I still like to know what's going on. And, and I like to know it, if it's a specific band or something like that, uh, I'm trying to think of the other one I listened to the, the struck nerve guy. Um, I listened to that one. And, uh, it's, it's cool to just hear, hear some of this stuff while you're, you know, you're at work or you're driving around or whatever. Um, I think it's, it's a way to stay in touch without, you know, having the accessibility of, of always making it to every show. Cause, uh, as you get older, that it's, it's more difficult. You know, people try to pretend like, oh, you grow out of it, this and the other. And some people do, but it's it's when you work, you know, 10, 11 hours and then, you know, band X, Y, Z is playing before you want to go see this one band. It's like chances are you're not going to that show. You might hype yourself up and pretend you are, but you might not. Um, and that's and you know, I'm, I'm almost 40 years old. I you don't need me at that show. You, you, you need more 18 year olds. You need more young enthusiasm, more creativity. You don't need me there. So, you know, hearing these podcasts, it's like, it's great. It's, it's, it's a way to kind of stay in touch without just listening to the music. And I, I think it's awesome that you're, uh, you're that age and still care to, to, to stay in touch. Cause I know some people can easily just, uh, you know, uh, like fall away from it or think that they don't have to be in touch. They just like this certain set of bands or this type of style. And then that's all they care about. So I, I'm just curious, why is it so important for you to, to be in touch, which is a, a good thing. I, I, like I said, I, I definitely respect that. I'll give you, I, I have a great example of this. Um, we played a show uh, in Philly a couple weeks ago, right. Mm-hmm. Um, that uh, Bob booked. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, to be honest, I, I was kind of unfamiliar with most of the bands on the bill, and 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 everyone was good. I, I thought they were all really great, um, but this band Carbonite played, 
in, you know, I, I didn't know anything about nothing about them. Um, they get on stage, they have this backdrop projection thing going and it's this, uh, some samurai movie from maybe the sixties or seventies. Somebody's going to crucify me cause I don't know what movie it is, but anyways, um, and they start playing and I'm like, it was one of those moments like, holy shit. Like, I don't know anything about this band. I don't know who's in it, but these guys are killing it right now. Just, just playing their style of like, uh, you know, like a, like a heavier, more raw buried alive and just, you know, the atmosphere with the music and the projection of this samurai stuff going on. And it, it just, I was like, Holy smokes, you know? And, and I try to, try to stay in touch with this because I feel like I, I've got to um, because there, there will always be a part of me, but there's also a part of me that's like in search of those moments, you know, mm -hmm. those moments where you see a band or a piece of music resonates with you and you're just like, Holy shit. What, what the fuck is this? Or, you know, you know what I mean? Like maybe not a breakdown, but maybe a, a lyric or, a chorus or, or something like that that just throws you for a loop and you're like yeah this is why this is uh you know the the best type of lifestyle uh there is and i'm really jealous that you got to see that band because that was a band that came out during the the pandemic and you know time had passed right i think their demo dropped in like 2020 and fast forward to now, I remember I, I, I've been, I was like asking behind the scenes, like, Hey, like, is this still a thing? Like what's going on with Carbonite? And for a while, I remember, uh, it wasn't looking good. People were like, yeah, I think that might just be it. But then they get on that show that Bob Wilson booked. And then, uh, you know, from within records just announced that, you know, they're doing new music and I'm like, hell yeah, that's so awesome. Cause, uh, that band is super sick and I'm looking forward to hearing, you know, new material from them and hopefully get a chance to see them at some point. Yeah, that uh, I, I really like them. I, I I think, you know, I try to listen to newer bands. I don't know how I didn't. They weren't on my radar, mm -hmm. but uh, you know, I, I love Buried Alive, and and not to say that they they definitely kind of took that mold that Buried Alive did and stepped it up a few notches. And I, I like it a lot. Um, they they really I I was, you know, um. I was just like, what the hell? Like, I feel like a kid again. Like, mm -hmm. It was really good. And I, I, were you familiar with, with the singer? Because um, he had a stint in Florida. He, I know he now lives. Yeah, I found out after the fact. Uh, it um, with uh, Lennon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think we're we're a little bit removed. I think I was out of Florida around the time he was coming up. But I mean, he, you know, I, I didn't even know about this band and it's like that, that was the singer and he's got a whole catalog at this point of music and yeah. stuff. Super, so it's kind of cool where you can come into, you know, a situation where you don't know anything about this. Cause sometimes people have preconceived notions, you know, good or bad, uh, you know, oh, it's this guy from this band, you know, it'll probably suck or, mm -hmm. oh, it's going to be amazing. It's, ends up being terrible or something and as far as like your your peers because uh I, I can tell for or for my own experiences i'm as long as i've been at a hardcore I, i've seen so many people uh get jaded uh or you know just drop out 
and uh, just lose interest uh, like for you in your circle uh, do they still keep up and do they still care about like you know what's currently going on like you do i think i think there's a few of us and we do this text exchange like my buddy brett who uh he he was living in Connecticut for a little bit. Now he moved back to South or uh, moved back to Florida. But uh, we'd have these conversation about newer bands, and he would he would send me a newer band. I would send him a newer band. I'd be like, oh, check this Rain of Salvation. I really fucking love them. Check this band. Out. Oh, you love them. And uh, we kind of we kind of do that, and and we in the motion of things, we realize we're kind of like maybe a few months behind the rest of the world, but mm. uh, we're catching up to speed. And occasionally I see stuff online, um, you know, people post or somebody will try to turn me on to the problem is too. A lot of people post a lot of terrible stuff, to be honest, that I'm not really all that interested in. So it's, mm. it's hard to kind of check every little thing out. So if I have somebody I know who's kind of, who knows me well enough to throw something my way, I'll usually check it out for sure. Yeah, I know. I, I feel like I always had to like mentally prep. I'm like, okay, I'm about to click this link. It's either going to be a waste of my time or I'm going to stumble across, uh, you know, something awesome because uh, it, it like all day is just like, Oh, new demo here, this band signed there. And I'm like, okay, there's just so yeah. much. So yeah. And it, even me, like, uh, you know, I, I try my best to stay, um, you know, on, on top of everything and check everything out um, when I have time. But sometimes like, you know, things just, uh, you know, fly under my radar. Or I just miss things. Um, yeah, it's, it's some some things. I mean, you got to listen to a couple times before you can really absorb it. You know, mm -hmm. if not if it's your it's a certain situation. It might just you know, yeah, it might just fly under the radar and say, "Oh, well, that band's trash." And then who knows? Three four years later, you're like, "Oh, that shit was amazing." I don't know how I missed that. Yeah, I feel like I have to like to like fully like try to grasp like new music i have to like be alone because like when somebody like wants to show me something like like okay like i, I appreciate that but like when they're just like there with me and like <laughs> like watching me like try to listen and to figure out if i like it or not i'm like oh, this is like weird like pressure on me like let me just like i have to do it on my own time yeah it's a little awkward okay and um so i, I guess we can finally to get to more of, uh, about uh live it down uh I, i'm uh, guessing that's a, a integrity reference yeah yeah very much on the head we uh cleveland hardcore band ripping off cleveland hardcore no i i definitely enjoy that because obviously it shows you have like a sense of pride of uh you know where you come from and i i think that's really important because obviously uh uh you know there's uh, cool scenes all over but uh you know obviously pay respects to a band that came before and to you know um, rep that i i think it's awesome yeah, I I think uh, I think that you know you have so many bands who've done the New York thing and have done you know maybe the more progressive chain of strength uh, later turning point thing and you know everything has gotten to a point where uh, those regional sounds don't really exist anymore. Mm -hmm. to the point where you know you have bands over the years like rise and fall and and seat of pain and and you know living hell all these bands um forced order 
all these bands kind of sound like they could be from Cleveland at any given point, but there was no bands from Cleveland carrying that signature sound. And, uh, you know, as, as we get older, we just like, we should do what is most important to us. And those are the, you know, those are the bands that kind of formed our foundation and our taste of, uh, music. So that's, we're like, eh, you know, we'll throw our hat in the ring and trying to do this style and, and carry that flag of, uh, traditional Cleveland hardcore. And when the idea came to, to do the band, did you guys have any like, like long-term goals or did you guys just want to get this record out and just kind of see where it, it lands? I think w- I'm going to speak, um, for me, I think when they started doing stuff, it was, you know, let's just get this demo out and, and see what happens. And, um, I, I don't think uh, anybody anticipated it to kind of pick up this quick, but, uh, I think if there's one unifying goal, it's to just carry that, that type of, that type of hardcore, you know, you know, the, the meat and potatoes, the integrity, the in cold bloods, the ring, the early ringworm, the, you know, uh, confront face value, run devil run the spud monsters stuff like that you know kind of inmates all all this that type of stuff just you know combined and 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 fortified into whatever we are now and carry that that flag wherever we go like this is cleveland hardcore it's not going to be anything different than what it is Mm -hmm. and that's that um and do you ever worry about like the future uh of cleveland hardcore like uh, about like you know kids maybe not knowing the history uh do you ever try to like educate like the the local things i know there's other like local bands there i have a buddy who just moved there it's hard it's it's uh i think things have gotten a lot better um i think there was a time where the cleveland area was so far removed from those things and rightfully so because a lot of those people in those bands aren't the best people um and aren't you know aren't anything to emulate in any way shape or form or should be an example of anything so uh i think we've had a few generations removed where kids nowadays are kind of paying homage to some of that older stuff but i think it's i think it's it's it, 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 it's definitely I can sit there as an old man and say it's definitely not where it should be but from a you know 18 to 25 year old it's probably the best it's been in a very long time um, is it traditional hardcore no does it need to be no it doesn't they can play kids can play whatever the hell they want um, but I, I think it's important to to, to have that kind of that heritage you know like you look at like uh like new york hardcore and you look at the bands that still carried on at over those years like the backtracks and stuff like that and uh you know like hangman and stuff and and they're they're still doing um they're combining you know the mad balls and and, and the bulldoze and all these other bands and, and and kind of 
picking and choosing from those categories and doing their own thing. And you hear them and you're like, yeah, this is a New York hardcore band. Oh, by the way, they're from New York or Long Island, wherever. Um, still New York. Uh, so I don't, I don't think you necessarily get that with some of the other quote unquote Cleveland hardcore bands that just may say they're a Cleveland hardcore band, but I don't, I don't think it's, I, I think they're just playing hardcore and they're from Cleveland. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Probably a, uh, it's no diss. It's just kind of is what it is. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, I, I get it. I, I, that's why I, I was kind of interesting when I run into people or meet people who are like a nerd about their scene and like, uh, you know, and, and they're young and they want to, uh, you know, dig deep and find out the actual history. Um, and I get it. Some, some people don't, don't care. They just care about what's going on, uh, present day. But, um, but I think it's cool that you guys are doing what you're doing because, uh, obviously you guys have been around, you know, the history and you're paying that respect. So hopefully you guys inspire um, somebody else to do what you guys are doing. If, if I can inspire anybody to check out Confront, then, man, I've succeeded tremendously. Uh, that's, that's really about it, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, uh, I, I mean, a lot of it, a lot of the other bands, it's, they're no-brainer if people know who they are. But to kind of know that history and kind of, kind of understand that a lot of these bands were based on a it's like a little bit of judge meets a little bit of slayer and then a little bit of japanese hardcore thrown in there you kind of have this mixture that that kind of developed from there that uh you know is is a very interesting style comparative to to a lot of the other regional stuff of that time and beyond Okay, and uh, I'm, I'm curious, uh, how do you guys uh, link up with uh, Rebirth Records? Um, I uh, I think Bob reached out to Woods, our guitar player, and just connected. I mean, you know, he he asked about it, and uh, I know Bob is, uh, from what I understand, he he likes Cleveland hardcore. Uh, his old band played a show with One Life Crew. So, uh, yeah, it seemed to work, seemed to make sense to me. Yeah, no, I, I, I like the pairing because I, I know, um, I, I was Bob and I are friends, but, uh, following him on social media, just seeing him ride really hard for, uh, your band because he's like a true fan of the music. I, I think that's awesome that uh, you guys were able to link up and uh, work with him. Yeah, I, I agree. He's, he's, he's been, he's been awesome. Um, he's helped us out with a lot of stuff, you know, and, and we're excited for the stuff we have in the future with him. Um, it, it, it's, it's going to be great. Oh, anything you can speak on? Um, yeah, I think so. Okay. I, I, we just recorded a, um, so, so the legendary Mars studio closed down. We're integrity, ringworm, blah, blah, blah. Everybody recorded terror, lowest of the low recorded there. Um, some of the equipment from there was picked up by this guy who used to play bass and integrity and ringworm and a few other bands. Um, and now he records bands and he also sings in a, in a very, I guess he sings for mushroom head, excuse me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he records bands. So we went with, um, 
recorded a, uh, a track for this upcoming comp. Um, sounded amazing. It was cool because you so much history in, in the mixing board and uh, some of the other equipment there that was used, you know, to record like systems overload and stuff like that. So um, anyways, we recorded that track for this upcoming comp and that was kind of the test to see if uh, we wanted to go with him for the seven inch or if he even wanted to work with us for the seven inch. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was, it was a great pairing. He was extremely helpful. He knew exactly what we were trying to do. So uh, yeah, we're going to do a a seven inch with rebirth and uh, hopefully we're writing now. We've been writing. Um, Hopefully we'll record that over the summer if not earlier so okay oh yeah that's that's uh you know cool to hear and from uh you know obviously trying to put it out in the summer are you guys going to try to uh be more active play more shows because I, I know you have a show lined up uh, uh in a couple weeks but um after that do you guys have a lot planned or are you guys just going to kind of take it slow we, we um because we're older guys with families and some of us have children it's a little bit more difficult so we um our schedules don't always mix like so so some stuff doesn't work out but we have uh yeah we're playing a restraining order here in cleveland and then we're playing uh gridiron record release in detroit with um internal bleeding which should be fucking bananas um and i think c4 is playing too um bunch of bunch of good bands um so that'll be crazy. And then uh, there's a few other things that aren't confirmed yet. But, uh, yeah, I, it just just depends on our work schedules and when we can get use our vacation days, you know. Because we got guys who, who, you know, are like anywhere from working for the city to, you know, machinists, you know, the um, – supervisors for for machinist companies and stuff so everybody might be everybody's schedules are so crazy because somebody might be working third shift and then somebody's you know like i might be out of town for my work or uh, so it's kind of difficult but we're gonna figure it out as things come up uh try to make it worthwhile um to get out and, and and play for sure. Well, I'm happy to hear that, uh, you know, that, that door is open and you guys, uh, you know, are willing to do that. Cause I know some bands are just happy to, to, to play at home and just kind of be like a regional thing. Yeah. We, uh, we, we enjoy traveling. All of us, like, we like to go out. We like, you know, we got some big boys in our band. We like to go out and eat. We like to, uh, taste whatever's going on in the city. Um, things like that. It, just just have fun you know when you're when you're when you have kids and families and stuff like that and you can kind of do this as a hobby and and get out and it's just fun to kind of you know not just play the show which is awesome but you know like uh go go to philly and, and go to the art museum do all that you know stuff like that and i can bring my fiance and we can hang out and do that stuff during the day and then we can do all the Neanderthal stuff at night, uh, at the show. So it's, it's, it's cool. It's, it's, and we're fortunate, you know, that people seem to like the demo. So it's cool. 
yeah no it, it, it's good music um and i'm happy that people are stoked on it and i'm uh, hoping to see you guys at some point in the future obviously uh, not <laughs> any of the shows you guys have announced uh but um I'm, I'm sure it'll happen at some point in the future um but I, I want to ask you about uh, Cleveland sports real quick. Cause I, you know, obviously I'm going through your Instagram and then I can see some of the stuff behind you. Uh, you know, obviously people know like those uh, big sports teams, but I was curious, um, were you ever aware um, that uh, there was a UFC heavyweight champion um, from Cleveland for a short stint a couple of years ago? Yeah. Yeah. He, he trains, um, he, he trains at the, uh, uh, not top team, um, trying to remember the name of the gym it's over there in uh independence but yeah i i think i think my cousin my mike the guy who plays guitar my cousin his brother who's also my cousin i think he goes and trains where that guy trains Mm -hmm. so yeah um yeah i was i was aware of that guy I, i don't follow that stuff but i'm i'm aware of him um, I can't remember his name. Uh, Stepe Miocic. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, he he defended the title once in Cleveland, and it was probably like, uh, and, and I, I just obviously I, I watched the pay per view, and I remember him just getting like one of the loudest pops of his entire career. But uh, they never went back for him uh, after that because uh, him and the company, uh, you know, started butting heads like over like contract issues and stuff like that. But, wow. but yeah, it's a. Uh... It's weird. It's Cleveland's a weird place because there's a lot of people from Cleveland, but Cleveland isn't like a city like a Chicago or Philadelphia where people acknowledge they're from there. It's really funny. So like people, you know, people from Chicago or Philly, they ride for Chicago and Philly, even when they make it big in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. People from Cleveland, they like Nobody knows Tom Hanks is from Cleveland, that Holly Berry's from Cleveland, you know, like, because <laughs> they don't care. They're like, ah, get the hell out of here. Forget this dump. So just kind of funny. Okay. Well, um, I'm interested. I've never been to Cleveland, so maybe at some point for. Um, you come to Cleveland, we'll take care of you, get you some pierogies. You'll be good to go. Okay. All right. I, I will I, I keep that in mind. But okay, we had talked to the DMs and you had mentioned that you're a fan of Disney. And this is something that I'm obsessed with. I live where I live now because of Disney. I, I wanted to live as close as I could to the the park. I live like 10 minutes like driving on the city street. So I'm actually super close. I do live in the city of Anaheim. Uh, but I'm curious about you. Is it because you lived in Florida? And I know Disney's obviously big out there in um, Orlando and the surrounding areas. Yeah, I, I would go. I honestly, I didn't. It's funny. Like when I lived there, I would go so often that I didn't even care about it. And then having moved out of Florida, I started to recognize what a nice little opportunity, you know, convenience that was to to only be a couple hours away from there. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I enjoy it so much. I, I, whenever, Whenever know the score would play shows down in Florida, I would always go to Disney. Um, that's how I would look at it. Like, oh, I get to play a show and I'm going to Disney. Um, but I, I, I like it. I, I just love the atmosphere. I, I don't even really care much about the rides. I just, I like the atmosphere. I like uh, the food. Uh, just, you know, hanging out, 
seeing those things because the attention to detail and every little thing is just it's, it's it's awesome it's awesome for 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 all that it is and you know i i hear arguments on both sides why people hate disney but i just think you know when you have that much detail to something you, you can't help but appreciate it yeah and to be such a well-oiled machine uh, with something like running like a giant theme park, especially out in Florida, because you got to think they had what was like four or five different parks all running at the same time. And yeah. Yeah. And it, 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 it's crazy. Yeah. Because uh, you could go and obviously you mentioned you don't even love the rides. Yeah. You could go and just spend a day there and do other stuff, which because, uh, you know, people who aren't really like in tune with the culture think that, oh, you go and just uh, stand in line to get on rides. But like you can go and have a blast with getting on zero rides. You can. I mean, there's they have something no matter what you're doing, they have something to entertain you while you're doing. it. You could go get barbecue and there's some type of entertainment while you're eating barbecue. You can, you know, um, get a doll whip. And while you're getting that, there's parrots singing and dancing or whatever. And it's it's just it's just really I don't know. For me, I, it, it almost becomes relaxing in certain parts of it. Like to me, you go on the people mover, you have something cold to drink. You're not supposed to have a drink on the ride, but mm-hmm. you sneak it in, you have something cold to drink and you ride that through Tomorrowland. And it's, it's relaxing. It's, it's enjoyable. It's nice. It's, you know what I mean? It's, it's just, it's, it, it it's it's almost like uh, you think, man. What if cities were built like this? What if what if we emphasize emphasis on on details such as this, like old world materials and things like that, um, craftsmanship? You know, would would we have would we be more stimulated? Would we be you know more encouraged to do things? Because that's the whole purpose of those places is to encourage that type of creativity. So it's, I, I, I think, I think it's, I think they're fun. I, I, I'm excited to get back down there with all the renovations they've done to Epcot and all the new stuff over at Hollywood studios or geez, uh, whatever it's called now, MGM. Or, no, it's, it's Hollywood studios. Um, yeah. When was the last time you were there? Maybe six, seven years ago. So it's been a minute. Mm-hmm. Oh, dang. Okay. So that was probably around the time where I went to Disney World for the first time, which was uh, insane. Because being a Disney fan, uh, growing up watching shows like Full House and seeing them you know, shoot episodes oh, at Disney yeah. World, I'm like, damn, that looks so cool. Like, I, I want to check it out because obviously uh, as a kid, I was fortunate enough to do like family trips to, to Disneyland. But we were uh, never able to make it out to Disney World. So as an adult, I'm like, okay, that's something that, that I want to do. And uh, I think, I think last year was uh, so I went for the first time in 2016, and I went every year up until last year. Um, I just uh, uh, things didn't work out last year. Um, I, I probably won't even go this year. Maybe I will. Who knows? But uh, it, it's something that I can appreciate, especially out there because. Uh, the I, I like the variety because there are so many different parks out here. We just have Disneyland and uh, Disney California Adventure, which are literally right yeah. next to each other. Versus like the other parks are so spread out, um, it, it, it's a 
I, I, I like the the variety. So uh, everything is spread out, and you, you can do multiple parks in a day. But I just feel like uh, when I we would go out there, like me and my friends, we would just uh, try to just like focus on one park per day, or like do like Hollywood Studios because that's not that big. So we do like that like half the day, and just always end the day in like Magic Kingdom. But uh, it, it's, it's definitely really really fun and uh, and it's it's cool that you uh, you know obviously know um, about all the new stuff going on so you're you're definitely paying attention and I'm definitely jealous of a, a lot of thing, the, the things going on out there like there's that uh you know obviously Ratatouille is open in yeah, Epcot yeah I, I I definitely want to ride that which is nice too because it, it will save me a trip to Paris because uh, I don't have to go to Paris anymore I can just go to uh, go to Orlando but then also they, they're getting like that uh, original Guardians of the Galaxy roller coaster which I'm yeah. like super curious about I, I, I want to check that out that looks looks insane just because um, I, I I got Disney plus so I watch all those I, I I don't I don't think I watch much of anything but the the imagineer stuff the the behind the parks all, anything like that i'm like put it on I'll, I'll watch that day in day out regular movies and eh, not that much but I, I i saw all that stuff for that guardians of the galaxy ride and it just looks looks insane just looks so cool like you know because because you like you, you think of stuff like like okay i i cleveland is we're, we're pretty close to Cedar Point, which is considered the roller coaster capital of the U.S. Mm-hmm. It's a roller. There's a roller coaster park. You know, they're roller coasters. But when you go there, you're around a bunch of other people, and they're drunk, and you know this, that, and the other thing. Just you might as well be at a flea market. You go to Disney, and it's like at least the environment is clean. It's it's there's like I said, the attention to detail. It's like you're in another world. I'm like I, I personally don't give a shit about Snow White, but I'm waiting in line for a Snow White ride, and it's like everything is catching my attention. Like oh, there's the, these rocks on the walls, and there's this game, and then there's this music, and this and yet you know it's all encompassing. Whereas like you go to Cedar Point to go ride a ride here, and it's like. You, you get nauseous before you even get on the ride, just standing around the people. Yeah, I, I think those other parks don't really offer uh, the the environment to, to where you could just chill. I, I think there it's like, okay, they want you to be uh, either in line or buying, uh, you know, some sort of food or playing there. Like, uh, well, yeah. out here there's like a, there's like carnival games. I'm not sure um, if they yeah, have. Yeah, okay, same. yeah, and it's just like, yeah, and, and there's not much uh, else to do. Versus, yeah, like like Disney, there, there's so much there, and then they also have like a ton of stuff. Even if you're just curious about the the history, because like, like out here, um, they do like these little shows where they'll tell you about like the early days of America, uh, and it's not all about just riding rides. There's just like a, a really good variety, which is like super smart. Yeah, yeah, and and they have you know like the food and wine festival and all that stuff and. That that in and of itself, like my fiance has never been there, and we're we're gonna go whenever I get down there again. And she's just seen the behind the the scenes and the Imagineer stuff. Mm-hmm. And 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 I'm telling her, I'm like, it, how amazing it is to think that you know that they they're like, I want a ride and I want it like this, but I don't know how to do it. Do you know how to do this? No, but this guy might, and. The, and you just got five or six creative types sitting there trying to figure out how to do something. And it's just the idea of it is just so awesome to me. 
it was, you know, such like a wild, wild west type mentality uh, when they were developing these parks in the, you know, whenever it was the fifties and sixties. Um, but to, but to have somebody who doesn't come from a, who, who might have a small engineering degree, but doesn't know anything about how to create, you know, ghosts in the haunted mansion. Suddenly that that's what they're doing. Like, you know, I'll figure it out. Let's try this and this. It's like, that's awesome. You know what I mean? Not nowadays it's like you have somebody who, who specializes in CGI, blah, 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 blah. You know, it's kind of a cool story. Yeah. And you keep referencing that show that, that series on Disney plus uh, the Imagineering story. I encourage anybody who hasn't seen it to go watch it because it's super fascinating at how all this stuff gets put together uh, or how it got put together. It's really awesome. And, uh it, it's a really cool story and i'm ha- i'm really surprised that they put something like that out because it goes like you know super into detail and it shows a lot of behind the scenes where uh, someone can look at that and be like oh no that's ruining the magic but i i think it's really cool to be able to see that side of things yeah i i think it it, it get, you gain an appreciation for it and and i i love a lot of mid-century aesthetics so a lot of that stuff is all based on that so it's kind of cool to to watch some of that and see see how that was done um but it's also i i like like i said i'm not even that big into the movies Mm -hmm. or any of that really but i i I really enjoy the parks and uh like you know like that ratatouille ride that that looks phenomenal like that, that looks amazing like like what they're doing and what what they set out to accomplish. Like I've seen spoilers and stuff come up and like people mm-hmm. posting stuff and I'm like, ah, t- take it down. Cause I don't even want to ruin the experience at all. Cause it just based on what I know, h- how, how it, how it is. It's like, it just sounds amazing how, how they're able to engineer something like that. Yeah. I, I think it's interesting that I've been on three rides that, uh, use that technology right the the trackless coaster it's all just uh, you know uh, all uh, done through computers I've, it's uh the rollicking roadsters out in disney california adventure i've been on the star wars uh, rise of the resistance and uh, mickey minnie's runaway uh, railway uh, which is, in my opinion, the best ride in any Disney park. I think w- okay. what they did uh, with that and just like the story, the art and everything, it's, it's seriously so funny. It, it blew me away because I, I went uh, like maybe a couple months after it opened and I had no expectations. I didn't really care. I just went because the friends that I were really wanted to go on it. So we went and I was just blown away. It was like one of the, the coolest things that I've been on. Yeah, they- I, I, I've never been to Disneyland. Mm-hmm. So at some point I'll be out there. I, who, who knows, but maybe when I have kids, I'll bring them out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the, just the, the fact that it's like they, they keep pushing that envelope is like, okay, I get it. Price increase, the tickets more expensive. Um, but it almost makes it worth it at that point because you're, you're, you're getting something where it's, they're throwing so much money into the investment and making it that much greater. The experience that much greater. Um, 
yeah, honestly, for the longest time, because I, I, I'm a, a, a pass holder. Uh, I, I've, I've been one since I lived here, and I've always thought that Disney was getting the shit end of the deal because it's like, oh, like I only have to pay, and this is like way back then. Uh, prices have gone up, but I still think it's still a really good deal. But I was like, oh, I only have to pay a thousand dollars for the whole year. I can go whenever I want, no blackout dates, free parking, discount on food and merchandise. This is like crazy. Like th- this is uh, like a no brainer. I have to get this. And then even now, like it's a little more restrictive, but still, if you think about how often you can go versus uh, if you were just to buy tickets, like it's still a really good deal. It's, it is a great deal. Cause I, I, I think uh, I can't even remember. I, I get the military discount and with the military discount, the shades of green thing, I can only, I, I can only get a discount on a park hopper. Mm-hmm. at that point i'm i'm already in for three maybe four days and at that point i mean three four days is that's five six hundred bucks right there per ticket so it's not that much more for for a pass so it makes sense you know i i really enjoyed that because uh, they don't do it out here, but in, at, at Disney World, they offer those tickets where you could go after like, I think like 12 p.m. And th- there's like a bit of a discount. I'm like, oh, that uh, I was like, yeah, I, I was like, I, I wish like I, I wouldn't need one. But I, I always thought that was like a cool idea because uh, when we would go because um, I wouldn't because uh, uh, for like a, a small portion, I, I would upgrade because they used to have a pass for both parks. And I, I had that one for a while. So you could go. Uh, Disneyland or Disney World um, in between that was a, like a little pricier but uh, so I, since I was going every year for extended periods of time like it, it was worth it to get that but once they got rid of that I just started buying tickets and I, I remember one year my friends were like yeah like we're not waking up really we're sleeping in so I'm like all right cool then let me just save a little bit of money I'm gonna get those tickets where yeah, yeah I can just go like uh, you know the afternoon it's like noon whatever it's still pretty early uh, so d- just I thought those options were pretty cool yeah that's 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 uh I like that little more economical sensitive. Uh, let me ask you this. What is your choice? Uh, Tower of Terror or the remodeled Tower of Terror Guardians of the Galaxy? Okay. If, if I'm going to be honest, uh, and, and I'm just going to you know say for, for what Disney did with uh, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy um, in California Adventure, I felt like it was awesome for because like obviously they had to work with this this structure and there's they had to create the storyline and I think it's fine but if I had to choose I prefer Tower of Terror. Okay, all right, all right. Yeah, nice. I, I I love Tower of Terror. Mm-hmm. I am anxious because they're doing a movie. Uh, I don't know how that's gonna work, but hopefully I think they've botched up botched up enough of these movies that it, it'll probably be okay they kind of figured it out now mm-hmm. um you know with how terrible those haunted mansions were oh um, shout out eddie murphy <laughs> yeah um but, but i will say if you ever make it out to disneyland during halloween they do an overlay for uh, uh the guardians ride and they call it i mean and, and it's cool because like during the day they'll they'll run the normal ride but i think like like you know like four or five p.m they'll switch it to this thing called monsters after dark and then like you go in there and there's like a whole new storyline and that's my favorite thing about being there um during like halloween time because they, they, they'll bring that out and it's uh it's not like scary whatever but it's just a cool uh thing uh, it's like a, a, con- a continuation of the uh original storyline from the ride 
Yeah, that, and, and see, to, to my point before, that's why I think Disney, the, those parks are so cool, is because they do stuff like that. Because it's like, it's not just, you know, like I heard the one Star Wars ride has like a hundred variations or something like that of how the uh, plot could be um, during the ride. Same thing with that, where it's like after whatever they they change it to this new script of uh how the ride is like those type of things are, are to me it's like these details they put in it's just it's awesome like yeah i would probably ride the same ride again it doesn't really matter mm-hmm. but now i feel like okay now i got it i definitely got to ride it twice because i got to compare you know yeah, you know, you just reminded me because I haven't been on that ride in, in so long because like my, my buddy uh, and I like when we go like uh, it's like, OK, if it's over 30 minutes, we're not waiting. We're going to go do something else. But uh, just thinking about the the Guardians ride, uh, there's a different uh, s- uh, scenarios you could get and like different songs. So like whenever me and my friends go, we're like, all right, we're crossing our fingers. We hope we get uh, Jackson five. And just when we get what we want, it just makes it so much better. Yeah, that's awesome. Like that. T- it's like, ah. It's just just cool from a creative side. It's just very cool, very cool. Okay, earlier you mentioned uh, the food and wine festival, and I have not stopped thinking about uh, this one dish that I always uh, had to get. Uh, shout out to my friend Lynn; she put me onto it. But I, I forget which region it, um, it's in. But uh, it's like a like a like a bed of like fingerling potatoes, and then they get like this like racklet like cheese. It's like they get like the, the hot blade, and they just kind of cut the cheese and like. Is it France? I, I, it, it might, might yeah it, it's one of those countries but yeah and then just to see them cut the cheese off the giant wheel and have it just kind of slip off the blade and cover the the potatoes that's like one of my favorite things to get from the food and wine yeah that's awesome i i mean just i, I love you just walk around just eat all all these different things you know and, and just enjoy these different atmospheres like uh trying to think of the, the name of that like uh it's like a temple you walk into and it's like a mexican um night scene and, and i i think they got rid of the ride in there um from what i understand but it was like stuff like that it's just so so nice and relaxing and uh you know and if you if you don't have any expectations to ever visit those type of countries you know um it's fun it's yeah. it's the closest thing you know like guys like me from the midwest you know would ever get to to do stuff like that and so, and they hire people from those countries like they legit like you know yeah, uh, th- yeah. Th- those people get visas and they fly in and like they're actually from those countries yeah yeah i i've i've gone with my dad and he's he's grilled them with questions so they're legit from wherever country they're representing. So. Yeah. You know, last time I was there um, and, and, and this is how nice it is to see, right? Cause it's so big. There's so much to do. Um, and like, I'm, I'm a huge uh, UFC fan. So that day there was a UFC going on. So I just told my friends, I'm like, Hey, I'm a, a duck out into Japan. I'm going to go sit in the shade, uh, eat some sushi and watch this pay-per-view. You guys go do your thing. I'll link up afterwards. And, to me, it was so much fun. I just sat in the shade, had sushi, and watched the UFC off of Disney's free uh, Wi-Fi. They have really good Wi-Fi out there in uh, Disney World. 
Um, and it, it was just so, so fun for me. Cause I got to, I'm like literally doing two things that I love at the same time. And, um, and even though like, yeah, like I, I wasn't with my friends, uh, they were still having a good time and I was just having a blast just sitting there. I, I was people watching, eating good food and watching a, a, a pay-per-view. Yeah. It's yeah, it's I, I, I find it relaxing. I mean, I, I know a lot of things about it are very unrelaxing, mm-hmm. you know, the, the Armageddon of strollers and oh, things man. like that. And, and I get all that. But, you know, I, I've also seen some of the funniest stuff. You know, I, I was waiting in line for the Jungle Cruise and this kid in front of me, his dad, he asked his dad for the cell phone. The dad gives him the cell phone. He takes the cell phone. He throws it right in the water. And the dad, like, I'm, I'm watching him, this dad come unglued and the wife turns around and she doesn't know what's going on. And I could, I could tell, visually tell that this dad was trying to figure out how he was going to explain this to his wife without her flipping her lid. So he tells her, she starts flipping her lid. She's talking to the cast member. Hey, can you go down there and get the phone? And it's like, what are you going to do? You're going to go down it in this, you know, jungle cruise pond and, and get this phone out. And it's just, you know, it has nothing to do with the actual thing, but it's like, those are the shenanigans you might see on top of, you know, everything else that's going on. Yeah. It's, it's funny. It's the people watching aspect of it. Yeah. Yeah. You can, like, where else could you go for that kind of free entertainment? Yeah. Just, 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 I mean, iPhone right into the right into the water. Oh man, it was hilarious. And, and what are you gonna do? It's it's done. It's, the phone's done. Eh? Well, go yeah. about the rest of your day and try to enjoy yourself. Yeah, it's like you. you and I feel bad too sometimes when I think about uh, how much effort people put into going there because i'm you know spoiled i i I live here i I, i'll go for an afternoon i'll just go for an evening whatever but when i look around i'm like people legit traveled here they had to you know book a hotel get on an airplane and it's not guaranteed to have a good day because depending on how busy it is or if rides are down for the day it's a mixed bag so i I always i like feel bad for certain people who travel and don't get the best experience because uh, you know, since it's uh, you know uh, been reopened and like or excuse me, when they started selling passes again, and me and my friends started going more frequently, I think we've legit had maybe like two or three like legit like that was a blast. But all the other days, we're kind of looking around like, wow, we're paying a lot of money to be here. This isn't as fun as it used to be because um, they're still trying to figure things out, get it back to trying to get it back to how it was before uh, the whole pandemic. Yeah, yeah it's uh, I. I have some family members and we we've talked about it. And I said, when you guys are ready to take, you know, my nephew down, um, we'll, we'll go down and mm-hmm. we'll use my discount. So, you know, you guys can enjoy yourselves. Otherwise it's like, you know what I mean? You get a refinance your mortgage, take out some money, you know, sell a, a kidney. Cause it's like, you know, you're, you're looking at if you're bringing family and you got flights and staying at Disney property and blah, 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 blah. You, even if you cut all those, those ends, it's still, I mean, you're in the hole quite a bit, a couple grand. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, that's why I said, I kind of took it for granted when I lived down there all the times I would go. Uh, and then now it's like, a, I'm like, ah, geez, no, the score has got to play a show. So I can, 
You get back out there. Yeah. I trip out because I, I feel like I was like way more reckless when I was younger. Because my first trip to Disney World, me and my friends, uh, we were there for two weeks, and we we stayed at the um, the Port Orleans. I think we were like in. Oh the- yeah, yeah. I st- I've stayed there. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think about it. I'm like, how did I do it for two weeks? Because like we were legit there for two weeks, and I remember like four days in, I don't want to tell them, but I was like, dude, I'm good. Like, because by that time we had hit every park except for the the water park, but I was like. I'm I'm good. Like I got to do everything that I wanted to do, but like I still got another week of this. I'm, yeah. I hate this. This is like, and this is like mid August, right? The, um, uh, like just the weird heat and the um the humidity. I was like, I am so ready to go home. And like, yeah, it, it was a a really long two weeks, but but I'm I'm happy that I did it because I, I got to uh, you know obviously do everything that I wanted to like multiple times because we were there for such an extended uh, you know stay. That's yeah. Us talking my fiance about it and i was like yeah if we have kids it'd be different maybe stay a few more days you know if we end up taking nephew or something like that down there and doing that then you kind of live by curious through them to see what they want to do you know they might take a few more days uh mm-hmm. you know just just so they can get through all the parks and not rush but uh yeah yeah i i, I definitely took that for granted um yeah, my favorite time to go to the park is like when friends from out of town are you know, here and they're they're wanting to go to Disney because obviously they don't get to do it as often as I do. So just to see them get excited and to be able to kind yeah, of point them yeah, in the right direction right. to try to have them get the best out of their their day at the park. Yeah, this is it's funny, it's funny too because I, I my my girl my partner she uh, you know we we talk about stuff and I'm like ah, I'm I'm no Disney nerd and this that and the other thing but then we're talking about stuff and I'm like. Yeah, you gotta go get the Dole Whip, and then you go here, and then you do this, and no, 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 you gotta, you, you gotta understand about the magic hours, and but she's like, oh my god, you're such a nerd, you're such a nerd. Yeah, so like you don't even realize I'm, that. I'm not even, I'm not, I'm very novice. I just know a little bit about this stuff. Yeah, I, I do find it interesting that uh, there's like a lack of churros out in Disney World because like it's such a big thing out here. Yeah, it is weird. Yeah, because I remember when I went for the first time, I'm like, we're going to get a churro. And they're like, no, like, that's not really the, the, the popular snack. Because they're selling those like candied like almonds. And yeah, you know, I'm just like, okay, I was like, I'll try it out. But I was like, I, I'd much rather have a churro at this point. Yeah, they um trying to think what I don't know. I mean, last time I was there, last time I was there, it was this big cheerleading competition. Okay. And it was unbearable, um, and the weather was really bad. It was like in the low fifties and raining, um, but it was uh, it was you know nothing. They, they had announced that they were going to do the Star Wars, the new Star Wars stuff, but no, nothing was un, un, unveiled or anything like that. So it was just kind of a miserable experience, but. Uh, yeah, I I got to eat at the the Beauty and the Beast joint, which I guess is hard to get. Oh yeah, there sometimes. I, I've never done it. Yeah, and that was good. What whatever meal I had there was a vegetarian meal, and that was really good. Did you get to try the the gray stuff? Do you remember? You know what? I think I did. I think I did actually. Yeah, because I. I, think- I 
I, yeah. I remember for, for the longest time, you know, they had it in Disney World. They offered it at that restaurant. And then when, when they brought it over to uh, Disneyland, it was like the biggest deal. People were like freaking out. And um, and, and I had it. it, it it's good. Uh, I haven't had it in a long time. I, I should probably try to get it next time I'm in the park. But, but that's cool. Yeah. Cool. Well, I'm happy to hear that uh, <laughs> you uh, love going to the parks. Obviously, I'm, I'm curious to hear about your uh, story after you go again next time, because obviously there's like so much more new stuff since the last time that you'd been there. So I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to that. Uh, but I appreciate you doing the podcast because this is, uh, you know, uh, been way way better than i expected because obviously I, um, I, I, I i'm a fan of the band but I'll, i i'm obviously i'm outside of the, the short dms that, that we had we didn't really get yeah, to talk yeah. too much so i'm yeah just to be able to hear about all the stuff that you've uh, you know done in the past it's this has been a real pleasure for me so i i appreciate you coming on the podcast but before we sign off is there anything else you would like to say um no i i, I got nothing to say uh live it down's got a demo uh a comp it's coming out you'll know what comp it is when it comes out um mm. uh you know support rebirth support uh from within i think that goes without saying um shout outs to steel nation shout outs to uh cleveland hardcore and uh thank you so much for uh connecting with us and uh doing this it's all right fun Yes, definitely been fun. I appreciate your time. Thank you for everybody who tuned in. Goodbye.